Hey, have you ever been young before? I was young once, and I remember in my teenage years making some pretty dumb choices. Um, I reckon what I did was make choices based on the here and now, and it was a bit of a YOLO mentality, um, even though that wasn't around then. Um, I was living a double life, to be honest. Um, Friday night I'd come to youth, not here, but elsewhere. Uh, Saturday night I'd go and party, Sunday I would go to church and I'd be on band in the morning, band on the night. That was my life. Um, before I turned 18 I'd be getting involved with girls and I'd be um, drinking a bit and then when I turned 18 it just became heaps easier to go out and party. Um, and I no longer felt guilty. Um, the choices that I made when I was a teenager kind of just drifted into a, you know, just a natural routine. Um, and because of a lot of the choices that I made, I actually found myself fighting with a lot of my closest mates. Um, and that was my life. Youth, party, church, work, repeat. So the chapter we're looking at tonight is relevant for everybody, obviously, but it's particularly useful for youth. Um, as we know, Ecclesiastes holds wisdom, and tonight holds some serious wisdom. So if you can follow what is in this passage, it's going to save you from a lot of pain later on in your life. And there's two big points that are being made here. So please listen up, because um, I wish someone told me these things at your age. Um, there are some things in your age that really matter, but at the same time, there are some things that don't matter. Um, I'm going to pray. Uh, Lord, thank you that um, we can gather here in a building, uh, hear your word, um, have fun, in a safe way, Lord. Um, I thank you for Peninsula Youth as well, Father God. I thank you that they're over there doing the same thing, God. Um, yeah, I pray that your words will um, be spoken through my lips. Any words that aren't of you um, will not reach their target, Father God. I pray that we would be listening and that I would be listening to what I'm saying as well, Father God, and taking your advice. Amen. So let's get stuck into it. Um, we'll start with verses 1 to 6. And my uh, first point is, what you do doesn't matter, just do something. So this part of the passage has two big truths, and they wrap together, and they're pretty important to get. Um, the teacher is telling his readers to invest or to make decisions and act upon them. But at the same time, he's, always, he's also telling people to keep in mind that they don't actually know what's going to happen. So verses 1 to 4, we'll have a look at that. Ship your grain, oh, so your translation might be a bit strange. Um, ship your grain across the sea, and after many days you may receive a return. Invest in seven ventures, yes, in eight. You do not know what disaster may come upon the land. If clouds are full of water, they pour the rain on the earth. Whether a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where it falls, there it will be. Whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever, reap, whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. Um, yeah, so it's basically just telling... Um, Verse 1 specifically is telling someone to send their grains out across the sea, so basically to invest or do business. Um, and then in verse 4, he helpfully reminds us that kind of watching around, um, questioning things is going to lead to a lack of decisiveness and then our chances might be gone. So um, we do need to keep in mind that there's a wise way to be going about this. So we need to couple that first truth um, with something else. Um, we need to be decisive but the second truth that comes out of this is that God is all-powerful. So we need to remember that, and that will help us understand our role. Um, 
So there's a large number of Christians, generally in the older circle, um, and their belief is that we, our responsibility is to sit and wait for God to reveal himself in our lives and for his will. Um, and while we, we should never discount the fact that God has the power to do miraculous things, and we do see it in the Bible, um, it's not out of his nature to do those things. Um, we, we shouldn't expect like a lightning bolt or um, a dream that's going to tell us which way our life should go, as much as I've honestly prayed for that in the past um, and asked God to kind of show me where to go. Um, we shouldn't just bank on that to happen. We should make choices. Um, so check out verse 5 with me. Uh, it says, As you do not know the path of the wind or how the body is formed in a mother's womb, you cannot understand the, the work of God, the maker of all things. Uh, this verse holds the deep spiritual truth that we, don't, we can't understand the mind of God. Uh, therefore, we don't know what's going to happen. So it's a bit of a warning. Um, it's a warning to, assume, um, to not assume that what you have planned for your life is going to necessarily happen. So if we put the two truths together, he's saying, the writer's saying, yes, invest, make decisions, act wisely, but don't count on it all to work out the way you expect because you don't actually know the mind of God and his ways are higher than your ways. And we see this in the New Testament. So um, have a look at James 4.13 with me. It's between Hebrews and 1 Peter. So, James 4.13 says, Now listen, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to this city or that city, spend a year there and carry on business and make money. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or do that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. So, James is speaking to people who think and act thinking that um, anything that they choose to do, they're going to be able to do. Um, so what I want you to notice here specifically, he's not actually pushing forward the idea of being idle and waiting. Like I said, a lot of Christians will assert. What he says, instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will do this or that. So he's still saying you should have plans, but you should remember that it needs to be the Lord's will. Um, and here in verse 17, he says, uh, sorry, no, uh, 16, he calls it presum- the presumptuous attitude that it's evil boasting. Um, so in year 11 and 12, I was doing actually pretty well at school. Um, I was doing standard classes, but I was topping them. Um, I had good teachers, um, and two of my favourite teachers decided to get pregnant, and then I got glandular fever. Um, that was my fault. And I got sick. Um, I fell asleep in class. Um, I'd miss, miss classes, and I ended up sucking in pretty much every class but one, and I got a heaps bad UAI. Um, I didn't know it would happen, but it happened. So like what James is saying, we should recognise that our plans will only work if it's within God's will. So let's quickly apply this to our lives. 
Um, there's three things, I reckon, we can get out of this. We shouldn't be lazy, is number one. So just a quick one, do something. Don't just sit around and wait for something to happen. Um, go out and be proactive with your lives. Uh, two, don't let indecisiveness stop you from doing something. So um, I'm not telling you rush into things, but use the wisdom that God has given us to make decisions. If something's not outside of the will of God, then go for it. If it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, go somewhere else. Um, and three, this is a big one, especially for you guys if you're in your 12. Um, don't expect everything to go to plan. See, verse 5 and 6 are telling us that we don't know what's going to work. As you do not know the path of the wind or the body of, how the body is formed in a mother's womb, so you cannot understand the work of God, the maker of all things. So your seed in the morning and at evening, let your hands not be idle, for you do not know which will succeed, whether this or that, or whether both will do equally well. So don't just count on everything. Um, if you don't happen to get the mark you want, it's not the end of the world. I mean, on a practical note, there's always other ways around. So if you are in your 12 or your 11, anything, and you're stressing about school, just stop stressing, do what you can, um, stop worrying and put, like, keep God the main thing because ultimately his will is um, ultimate. And we see that in Romans 8, 28, that um, God works for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. So if you keep him as your priority, things will work out, whether it's on earth or in heaven. Um, so be actively reminding yourself that um, God is at work in everything um, and through everything. It's something that we do need. To, it's a truth that I think you don't just... I don't know if you just get it. I haven't just got it. It's something that I, I work on and I have to remind myself of quite often, especially when I'm facing hard times. So um, for you guys who may be facing hard times, it might be something that you need to remind yourselves. And the second point of the passage tonight, um, what you do does matter. Um, so all those things that I chased when I was younger, so um, just the party life, they, they still have a way of haunting me, to be honest. Um, while the sin in and of itself isn't part of my life, it, it still speaks to me, if I'm honest. Um, I still struggle with those kind of things, and I still need to fight it. Um, and I did all this stuff while I was at youth and church. Um, so, I mean, it's easy for you guys to hide it from your leaders. Uh, I admit that. Um, but we have your best interests at heart. It's, you can't hide anything from God. Um, so it's important to think about. Um, look at verses 9 and 10 with me in Ecclesiastes. Um, you who are young, be happy while you are young. And let your heart give you joy in the days of your youth. Follow the ways of your heart and whatever your eyes see. But know that for all these things, God will bring you into judgment. So then, banish anxiety from your heart and cast off the troubles of your body, for youth and vigour are meaningless. Um, the teacher here, he's telling us to enjoy youth. He's telling us to follow the ways of our heart and whatever our eyes see. But he wants us to remember God and remember that he will bring us into judgment for what we do. So back then, I'd say I had a pretty messed up view of grace. I knew that Jesus had covered my sins, so therefore I thought that I could just do whatever I wanted. 
Um, the whole time I was kind of just shoving my sin in God's face. I was telling him, you're not good enough for me. You don't offer me the satisfaction I desire. Um, and your creation is better. And, I mean, really, what a terrible way to treat the God of the universe. Um, He's the creator of everything that's good in the universe. He knows exactly what it's made for and the best way to enjoy it. And I think we all seem to forget it and kind of, in a backhand way, say, screw you, God. I'm pretty sure I know what's best for me. I love your creation more. Now you can get stuffed. And um, it took me a while to see what's wrong with that. So don't make the same mistakes that I did. Um, the creator of anything knows what he created better than anyone else. We'd see that with anything. So why do we question God? And I guess my question to myself is, why do I still question God? Um, so have a look at verse 10 with me. So then, banish anxiety from your heart and cast off the troubles of your body. For youth and vigour are meaningless. Um, it's a bit confusing, I'll admit that. Uh, the English translations as a, as a whole aren't really helpful in this. But what the passage is saying here is that we should be running away from the things that will stuff our lives up. It's saying flee from the things that's going to cause you anxiety. When it talks about casting off troubles of our body, it means that we should throw off the desires of our body that cause us trouble. Um, so basically he's instructing us to run away from sin because it not only has spiritual consequences but earthly consequences. And I experience these consequences, and like I said, I still experience them today, um, the shadows of my past sin. So psychology would back the teacher up on this point. Counselors now would say that many older people that go to counselling are there for problems that began in their younger years um, and that were fed by their actions. And it's also safe to say that heaps of marriages these days fail um, due to habits that are formed in their younger years. So what you're doing at this age really matters because your brain is still developing. Um, so the neurobiology would say that our brains are plastic, a term. Um, basically, if we act upon an impulse and it's rewarding, we'll, we're more likely to do it again. The more we do it, um, it's hard to explain, but the more we do it, you form like little highways in your brain. So... Um, you're more likely to go... It's basically, we're forming habits, but they're reinforced in our brain, and once you make something, it's really hard to break them. Um, and that's what I was saying. I mean, the choices that I was making at 17, 18, eventually they weren't choices. Um, they were regular. They were the norm. I didn't even have to think about them. And I want you to... If you are one of the people that are sitting here right now and you're like, I'm sick of hearing another older guy telling me that it's not fun to party. Please stop thinking that. Um, I'll tell you, I was having fun. I was for a, for a time. But I really, partying was fun. Um, and God designed all our desires and he gave us all the good gifts on earth. But not to be abused in the way that I was abusing them um, and a way that a lot of youth do abuse them. Um, and what I'm saying is that it actually will have negative effects on you. And it does show that you would rather God's creation rather than God. And I can honestly tell you that I'm far more joyful and happy now that I'm back on track than I was then because now I'm standing up here talking to you guys and I know I'm living for a greater purpose. And there's honestly nothing better. Um, 
It really isn't. It is all meaningless. Um, so it's a blessing. And the teacher knew all this thousands of years ago. He didn't need a psychologist to tell him or a neurobiologist to tell him how the brain works. He knew, he knew this stuff. Um, so it doesn't take much to actually listen to the wisdom that he had. Now, um, we've seen what he says about not acting as youth. Um, so let's look at how we should act. Um, we'll look at some application. I want you to come with me to 1 Timothy 4.12. That's just after Thessalonians and before 2 Timothy. Pretty famous passage. Um, And for all you guys, I reckon it's something that you should be learning um, and you should be applying it to your lives because uh, a lot of people don't know what to do as youth. So um, listen up, and I think it is something that you should write down if you don't already know it. Um, yeah, two, uh, 1 Timothy 4.12. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. So like these days, let's be honest, youth have a real bad reputation, um, and I don't blame people for feeling that way. It's pretty plain to see why. Um, But as Christians, we should be different, notably different. Um, People should look at us and and think there is something different about us, Uh, whether it be the way we talk or the way we act, whether we open doors for people in shops, stuff like that. Um, The the little things that we should be doing for people to question what's different about them. And 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 as as young believers... We should be setting an example for the older believers too. Um, Let our youthful joy and energy shine. Um, Let it come forth in the way we speak and we conduct ourselves. The way that we love each other and love the older generation. The way that we trust Jesus and the way that we live in purity, which is a massive one. Like here at youth, um, it's awesome. I love it. We're in a good community, an awesome community of of young believers. And we have the perfect opportunity to be spurring each other on to grow in the ways that God intended for us. So guys and girls, keep loving, encouraging, praying for each other um, and and lovingly rebuking each other. You should be taking a certain level of responsibility for your friends and for their growth. Um, You can't take it all on yourself because um, inevitably, inevitably, you will be heartbroken if you see friends fall away, and I've seen it. Um, but we have a part to play in our friendships, in accountability and stuff. So don't, don't miss that opportunity to be loving your friends in that way. So be on their backs. Make sure you do it lovingly. Um, so if you're here tonight and you're living what is basically a double life, please don't think that you're going to be different. Um, I had friends who lived that double life with me and they don't come to church anymore. Um, They don't really want to borrow it. They still believe there's a God, but they just think that they're going to come back around to him when they're ready. Um, Yeah, it's heartbreaking. So, um, yeah, don't think that you can just live in sin while being a Christian and then it's all going to work out that you can one day decide to take God seriously. 
Because if you actually took the time to understand who God was, you would already be taking him seriously. And uh, thanks to the like, indescribable love and grace of God, I can stand here and talk to you. Um, I can speak to you about these truths from the Bible. Uh, my sin could have easily taken me away from God. Um, but I'm glad it hasn't, obviously. Um, and don't let my story be my story because they won't all work. They won't all turn out like this. Uh, I've seen it so many times just go the other way. Um, why put yourself through that with the way you live now? The time you spend growing in God at this age is going to set foundations for the rest of your life. Um, you won't have as much time and energy and money as you do now. Um, trust me, you might think you're busy, but you spend maybe six, seven days at school. When you get out of school, if you're a commuter, you're 13, day, 13 hours um, a day to and from work. Um, you, don't, you won't have the time that you have now, so make the most of it. Invite your friends along. Spend your energy um, for things that are going to last that aren't meaningless. Set the foundations to live an epic life. Um, don't waste it chasing pleasures that are vanity. Um, You've got to choose God who gives the only meaningful life. Um, I'm going to pray. Dear Lord, I thank you that uh, you have these words for us written thousands of years ago that are still so relevant. I thank you that you sent your son so that no matter what we've done, we are forgiven, that there is a fresh start, that, yeah, that no matter what we do, you will wipe it clean, Father God. Um, I pray that this word wouldn't sit too heavy, Father God, that we will remember the grace, but I pray that we will heed this word and um, that we'll apply it to our lives and realise that what we do now really does matter. Amen.